Hello and welcome to another episode of Pakistanomy. My name is Yunus and we will be back to covering some startups uh, over the next few weeks, starting with Asim Kidwai today, who is the co-founder and CEO at Local. Uh, Local is a startup that is looking to transform Pakistan's tourism sector. So we will talk to Asim about that. Um, he studied at the University of Michigan, which is where some of my best friends also went to school. And I would love to hear from Asim what made him want to move back a few years ago. And he started working at uh, uh, in Pakistan at places like Kia Motors and, and played a key role in sort of helping Kia launch his first ever vehicle in the country. And maybe we'll get to that as well towards the tail end of the podcast. But first, um, you know, tourism, uh, Asim, when I, I've been living in the US since I left for undergrad in 2007, uh, but every wow. time I come back, I try to find out, okay, what, how do I experience the culture, right? Because it's like, there's a lot that I still have not seen. Um, and there's yeah. still a lot that, uh, you know, my, my family has not seen. And it's always difficult and it's getting easier, but it's always difficult to know that you're staying at a safe place. It's reliable, things work because the infrastructure, yeah. let's be honest, in some of the most beautiful parts of Pakistan is not really there. So first of yeah. all, tell us the origin story about local. What is it? What do you do? And how yeah. did it come about? Like what, what, where did this idea come from? Perfect. First of all, thank you for uh, introducing. To, thank you for that great introduction, there, and thank you for having me uh, on your podcast. I think to start off, uh, I'm just going to describe local in a nutshell, and that's it's a tech-first hospitality startup on a mission to revolutionize the budget hotel accommodation industry in the country. Right. Uh, before I go into how we do it or what exactly uh, we do, I think it's important to kind of uh, build onto what you were talking about: lack of infrastructure in the Pakistani uh, tourism landscape. And that's exactly uh, what we're kind of working on. Uh, when I initially started uh, working on this idea, we did uh, quite, a, quite a bit of research into uh, the accommodation industry, the travel and tourism industry you know, uh, as a whole, right? And uh, what I was surprised to know, I'm sure you'd be surprised to know as well, is there are approximately 8,000 uh, official unofficial hotels and guest houses in Pakistan. However, if I asked you to name a few, you'd, you'd probably name five or six of them them which are your you know big chains uh and that's kind of the biggest challenge uh in this industry which uh can potentially be uh, a big contributor to the country's gdp where uh, you have these luxury chains which are uh, unaffordable for a majority of the population uh we did a bit of research and we figured out that approximately around 90 percent of the population is looking for a uh, for a budget solution right whenever they travel uh so these luxury chains don't really fit in there uh, when you come down to the more affordable uh, options, you're looking at uh, booking portals uh, like Booking.com and Airbnb. And the biggest challenge that uh, comes out there is that these portals don't really take ownership of the actual staying experience uh, of their facilities on ground, right? Which ends in uh, being finding budget hotel accommodation, budget accommodation overall, uh, a huge challenge and a huge inhibitor for anyone who wants to travel locally. And that's essentially where we come in, where we're curating a network of standardized budget hotel rooms, uh, where we want to deliver reliable quality and affordable space so that travelers aren't able to just book, but also stay hassle-free. Uh, how do we do it? Uh, it's actually, uh, you know, when we when when you're looking at this market, the one thing that we want to do, we wanted to create strong partnerships. So we took over uh, existing white space hotels. We upgraded their rooms and services as per uh, international standards, as, for, as per what we find abroad. And uh, we plugged in our trademark uh, tech stack into these uh, hotels, into these processes to manage and operate these hotels. 
the idea again was to create a platform that uh, enables the great booking and and the great staying experience that's awesome so it's just like kind of like you know a mix i would say and correct me if i'm wrong here kind of like airbnb but you're not going to people's homes and their rooms so it's different yeah but then yeah. i think about for example oyo in in india that sort of was targeting yeah. a similar yeah. segment so would that be yeah. a fair comparison yeah. that you're trying to do yeah yes 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 so the idea inherently is uh, airbnb again firstly of course it focuses on uh, unofficial accommodation uh, but more than that is just it's a booking portal right they have no uh, control on the quality or the actual uh, experience that a traveler or a person staying in those uh, accommodations would get and that's essentially our uh, biggest area uh, that we focused on where we're not just providing uh, a booking portal or a, an online solution to find the right places but we also actually go into those places and improve the quality of those uh, of those hotels and again these are hotels that we're partnering with uh, so the key there is that we've used a lot of technology we've used uh, ai backed uh, what we call our journey uh, quality monitoring applications and uh, a bunch of other tools to ensure that no matter where we are all the way right now from karachi to up north and skardu we're able to deliver that quality consistently and that's where the reliability factor comes in that's, that's awesome so help me under two questions on this now right so first let's yeah. look at the supply side you you are going yeah. into uh, hotels trying to say okay we can bring you more demand yeah. that's what's in it for yeah. you if you partner yeah. uh, raise your yeah. quality bar more efficient yeah. operations we have a tech stack yeah. etc so it it gets yeah. rid of some of the hassle for yeah. an entrepreneur that's running that hotel but there's also this myth, right, that uh, I call it a myth because I've had enough conversations with startup founders who've engaged sort of with these types of entrepreneurs that they don't want to modernize. They don't want to document. They don't want to adopt technology. And I'm putting all of this yeah. in air quotes for those who are <laughs> listening to audio only. Tell us a bit about that experience on the supply side. When you and your team go to, let's say, a place in Skardu and say, okay, yaar, aapki location achi hai. great yeah. views, but there are things you yeah. can upgrade. Now, I'll give you my own example. I remember I, before yeah. we recorded, you were talking about how you went to Islamabad for your American visa. I had a similar experience and we stayed yeah. at one of these, uh, you know, not five-star premium hotels, stayed at a, mm. what would be described as an inn in the United States. And, right, you know, some right, parts right. of the place were great. It was like great historical architecture and things like that. But some parts I still remember as a teenager were not great. Like the blanket was a bit musty. Exactly. Right. You know, things exactly. like that. You kind of knew that they were not done the right way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But when you go to an entrepreneur like that, what does what's that journey like? How do they receive somebody like local coming in and saying that we can help you do better? Is there resistance? Yeah. Is that just a myth? Like help the audience understand that. So actually, what you're just talking about is the most interesting part of my job. Uh, I think part of it is a myth, uh, but uh, part of it is actually true. Uh, the fact of the matter is uh, across the country, you find different kinds of people. And uh, you'll find people who are extremely interested in changing. You'll, you'll find people who resist that change as well. And a lot of it depends on their own thinking of the of the situation, uh, their own thinking of uh, and thinking and understanding of uh, the local market as well as the global market and you know uh, tools like technology as a whole so specifically talking about, about kardu uh, that's one market that really uh, blew our minds because uh, what you wouldn't expect and what we didn't expect was 
the willingness uh, to truly be able to change. I think that, uh, and not just Kardu, we can talk Hunza, we can talk Swat, uh, we can talk all the beautiful regions in, 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 our, in our country. Uh, when we first went in and we met these hotel owners, and you know what we tactically do is uh, every time we're going into a new city, we try and talk to every single hotel owner that uh, exists in that particular region. Uh, so the, the, the sort of response we got was actually unbelievable because these were people who... Uh, to a large extent, uh, weren't even aware of uh, you know what was happening in the world generally in the hospitality industry. They had these they had these locations in, in in amazing places, and the understanding they had was to be able to truly uplift our services, to be able to truly uplift uh, what we were trying to do. We need to involve uh, experts. We need to involve people who know what they're talking about. We need to involve people who are truly able to deliver the sort of experience that uh, you know that is expected of uh, of a hotel. Uh, and I think a, a big reason behind this uh, response from areas like Skardu was because there has been a considerable, considerable amount of international travel in these regions, right? And I believe, uh, especially with Hunza and Skardu, uh, international travelers have been visiting these places for much longer than, uh, you know, uh, they were marketable to uh, Pakistanis in general. Uh, so with that interaction and with those relationships that they've created, they've consistently been able to understand, okay, okay there is uh, there is something better. There, there are improvements to be made. There are things to be done that, you know, maybe we can't do ourselves. Uh, and the same applies to across Pakistan. Again, you find people who really want to do something better. You find people who understand their limitations or you find people who understand the challenges. And they want to figure a way out, uh, and that's where they they find someone like us, and they partner with us, uh, and you know are truly able to see the difference in terms of not just uh, revenue, not just uh, ratings, but also the overall uplift in 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 their hospitality experience, in their facilities hospitality experience, uh, which is something that uh, they appreciate, and you know has been an enabler for us uh, as well to grow over these past few years. Fascinating. Um, on the flip side now, demand side, right? We have seen pictures um, in the summer season, traffic jams north of Islamabad, um, hotels fully booked, some safety concerns being raised. Um, I was just watching some clips of, for example, the caretaker foreign minister who's in New York talking about, yeah. you know, how international travelers should come to Pakistan because it's the birthplace of Hinduism and it has historical temples and Sikh sites and Buddhist venues and, you know, remains of Alexander's armies and the ancient, really ancient history that is worth seeing in addition to the natural beauty yeah. that is there across the country as well. And then, of course, there's modern um, architecture yeah. that is worth checking out in cities as well. But of course, yeah. international travelers are still a very small segment compared to other mm -hmm. markets like Sri Lanka, Thailand, even India for that matter. Yeah. Um, domestic yeah. Pakistan is 250 million people. A lot of domestic tourism has picked up because of the infrastructure now being built up. So what's the state of the tourism industry in Pakistan right now? How has this summer season been? Because again, I ask in the podcast, we cover a lot about things like, you know, inflation, people's purchasing power declining, etc. So would love your yeah. sense as sort of being on the tourism side, which is obviously very much impacted by these things. Yeah. What has yeah. the season been like and what's the state of the tourism industry in Pakistan? So so, so it's interesting, right? Because uh, while we have a good mix of hotels in 12-month markets like Karachi, Lahore, Islamabad, Mari, 
uh, swath. Uh, we also have uh, a good chunk of our inventory in the Huzras and the Skardus uh, of the country. Uh, and uh, earlier this year, around April, May, we we ourselves, while we were still bullish, we were still looking to see what sort of impact uh, the change in economical conditions would have on on local traveling, right? And the result we we saw was actually pretty interesting because the fact that foreign travel uh, has become overly expensive uh, has actually given it uh, given people the chance to finally look inwards. I think all of us now have uh, a very good understanding about the sort of landscapes that we have and uh the beauties uh, that exist in this country right uh, the biggest challenge and the biggest barrier for most of these people and i think that's something that we've talked about already is uh, that uh, there is a lack of infrastructure and the lack of standards in terms of accommodation and you know every time they think about traveling locally this is something that really becomes a, a blockade for them uh, and with facilities like local and other facilities as well coming up, which do uh, fulfill those promises, that which are able to provide the right standards uh, and the right level of service uh, at these locations uh, and at value for money prices as well. I think uh, this uh, it has become an encouraging factor for local travelers to actually start exploring uh, and, you know, where they can't afford uh, going abroad, actually start traveling inwards. And that's actually what we saw, uh, thankfully. Uh, all over June, July, August, we were able to see uh, some amazing numbers in terms of the number of tourists who uh, visited our locations up north as well as as well as uh, you know uh, tourism cities across Pakistan that we have. So tell me a bit about sort of you know, how you are reaching out to the market and what your marketing growth strategy has been like over the course of the last few months and what's changing. What are you looking to do next? Number one, yeah. and related yeah. to that, another question that I have. Um, you know, and I asked a lot of entrepreneurs it like, you know, when, when any business starts, you make certain assumptions of the market. Some are yeah. proven correct. Many are not. Yeah. And and that's yeah. always a learning experience. So what were some assumptions yeah. that you now look back at and say, yeah. but you adjusted yeah. and how did you adjust help, help the audience understand that journey of an entrepreneur where you're navigating, you know, you just don't have a strategy that's sort of static. It's always evolving, yeah. particularly in a place like Pakistan. So how yeah. are you reaching out to the market and what are some things that you've thought through in yeah. your strategy and evolved over the course of time? So, so you know, from the get-go, uh, we had this uh, direction uh, that uh, to be able to, because, because the market's so big and the gap is so huge, to be able to capture the right market, we just have to deliver the right product. So instead of spending a lot of dollars into marketing and you know uh, telling everyone about local, we decided to create a product that that speaks about itself. And that's where the consistency part comes in. We knew uh, that uh, the gap exists uh, in a way where, if, for example, we are able to provide a good product in Karachi and promise that you'll get the same facility in Lahore, in Islamabad, in Kardu, in Swat. Uh, people will follow that consistency pattern and people will, uh, you know, resonate to that. And that's essentially what we've seen. Today, we have a retention rate close to 60% uh, between uh, these different cities. Uh, and it's largely due to the fact that, again, the existing platforms that people use for, for booking don't have that sort of reliability and normally uh, result in people getting unexpected surprises every time they visit, right? A, a big a big fact, a big challenge with uh, platforms like booking.com is a huge cancellation rate uh, because everyone who's booking a facility there is also booking five different facilities simultaneously because they want to go on ground and actually see these facilities before they pay. Uh, but because of our consistency factor, uh, they're able to trust us uh, much, much more than any other player. Uh, 
as far as uh, assumptions are created, I think there's a, there's a ton of assumptions. Uh, we've always had this belief, you know, every time we have an assumption, you need to act on it quickly and prove or disprove it. Uh, but I think the biggest one was uh, our bet on the online market. Uh, we had an understanding of uh, the platforms that exist and we thought okay, if we just able to create a platform, we'd be able to generate business because of that consistency factor. Uh, but what we were able to realize pretty soon is that Pakistan in terms of while uh, there is uh, high internet penetration and there's high smartphone penetration, people still like to, especially with, uh, with accommodation, people still like to talk uh, and you know figure out what the product is before before they make that purchase. So we very, very, very early on had to make a quick switch in our strategy in terms of marketing and move towards uh, from just having an online presence to creating uh, an online communication channel where we would, we would be able to interact with our potential customers, uh, explain to them what local is, and then bring, bring them on to our customer journey. Uh, and that's, I think, uh, the biggest learning point. However, uh, building on that and building on our consultancy, we've been able to change that. We are currently uh, one of the only... Uh, accommodation channels in Pakistan or platforms in Pakistan that uh, have the amount of online customers, uh, the percentage of online customers that we have. Uh, and I think that is uh, a big reason, a big, uh, a, a big uh, difference between us and anyone else that we have been able to create that online presence purely because, you know, in throughout our journey, uh, we keep on inducing tech in a manner, in a very comfortable manner for all sorts of guests. Like slowly and slowly, they're able to move upwards and they're able to go from an offline customer journey to an online customer journey uh, with the help of apps, with the help of things like self-check-in, with, with the help of uh, uh, different tools, which enables them to actually go on our website and, you know, utilize uh, our online tools they eventually move on to the online experience. So where we started off with the bare minimum of, of online customers today, a large percentage of our customers are actually booking our rooms online. Uh, so yeah, that would that's something that I'd say that truly defined uh, our existence in the very beginning and something that proved, uh, was proven to be a bit of a challenge, but thankfully we've been able to overcome them. That's, a, yeah, that's an important point you make and makes me think, okay, so one of the things particularly in, in the sector and in tourism, right, is that human touch. Yeah. You want to, you don't yeah. want to show up in Hunza and then say, okay, I'm not happy. And then yeah. I can't connect to, exactly. you know, communications channel. Right. But exactly. then good customer service requires really top talent and, and really good yeah. investment in training yeah. and capabilities yeah. where, you know, yeah. basic things like the customer is always right. How do you talk to them? And in Pakistan, exactly. because of the cultural diversity, you kind of need to know how to communicate with different people in a different way, right? Because styles are different. Yeah. We're not just, it's not just like German, the German way of communicating. There's a yeah. Karachi way of communicating, a Lahori way of communicating, a Saraiki and a Baloch way of It's very different. So how do you think yeah. about talent within your organization? And what are some ways in which you're trying to sort of invest in that talent or find the right talent that allows you to continue scaling in the way you have? Uh, primarily because the sector you are in, it takes a hundred years, right? To build a reputation of excellent customer service, but you make yeah. a few bad choices on the talent side yeah. and it can yeah. all come crashing down. So how are you thinking about that? Listen, you know, the way uh, everything that you've said is very close to how we think. Uh, the way we look at it is uh, one, any good experience can be completely destroyed by bad customer service and the worst of experiences can be completely uh, secured or rescued by, you know, 
just knowing how to talk and just knowing how to provide that uh, that level of communication uh, there's two ways how we try to achieve it uh, and the biggest uh, thing that i think that uh, we've been able to succeed in is uh, developing local workforces which is kind of a part of our ethos as well uh, we follow this line which is essentially by locals for locals Every time we are going into a particular city, we are not taking massive amounts of staff from, let's say, our headquarters in Karachi or any other city to those particular uh, locations. We actually go in with a very lean team and we upskill, we train and upskill uh, the local workforce there. So that not only are we improving their level of hospitality, but simultaneously the hospitality being delivered uh, at our hotels in these particular regions is very true to, to the cultures of those regions as well, right? And that's where we get that uh, authenticity. And that's where uh, our true uh, mission of being able to create experiences that are truly local uh, comes to life. So that's from a direct uh, human to customer touch point, uh, point of view. As far as our teams are concerned, it's not just about uh, being able to communicate with the customer when they're on ground, but we have heavy channels of communication online as well. So from the minute, uh, that you've booked a room with us, we will we will be on the phone with you. We'll, we will be communicating communicating with you through different channels. Uh, and the idea there is to again uh, have the highest form of hospitality available, have the highest form of communication available, be create relationships with our customers more than anything, right? Uh, so that from the get go they feel comfortable, and that's what's very important. I think everything that I've said in terms of how customer things in this market, in terms of how they have been uh, for the lack of a better word, pulled over uh, a bunch of years till now. Uh, that's how you overcome them by creating that relationship by from the get go telling them, you know, that we're here for you no matter what. It's not just you being at the hotel. We're talking to you from day one. We'll be, we'll be there till the very end. And uh, uh, that's how we've created our customer journey with different reaching out to the customer at uh, different touch points, reaching out to uh, their journey and ensuring that all at all points in time, they have someone to talk to, they have someone to uh, solve any problems that they could potentially have, whether that's on ground and or, or, or off ground, yeah. In terms of future growth um, and looking ahead, a um, couple of questions uh, on my mind. One, what's your growth strategy uh, ahead mm -hmm. uh, into the future? And, and what, what, what are you most excited about as part of that growth strategy? And linked to that is the other question I have, which is, you know, again, on the demand side, if you're a domestic traveler who's been to Hunza, who's been to Swat, who's been to Skardu, we're always looking for a new experience, right? So that means yeah. that, that you know, Wapsi Hunza ni jana, kahin aur jana hai. So how are you thinking about sort of continuing to feed that itch that the experience-oriented customer has because that's the repeat customer, right? That's not the one-time yeah. person yeah. Uh, who will keep coming yeah. back to you with a great experience, but also great expectation that you will take them to a new place uh, that they have not discovered yeah. yet. Um, so how are you thinking yeah. about other parts of Pakistan? What is exciting? What are the undiscovered gems that you have an eye on? And you're like, you know what? Ugly entry, Joe because that's where people will really have a great time. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, when this, as far as this growth strategy is concerned, we started off with a bunch of cities uh, divided into 12 month uh, markets like Karachi, Lahore, Islamabad, which are your work travelers as well as your family travelers. Uh, your tourist markets like Money and Swat and Kalam, which are again live for 12 months. And then your key tourist markets like Hunza and Skardu, which are live for eight, eight to 10 months uh, in a year. 
And that was the initial plan to start off and create a stronghold in these cities, which is what we've done uh, and what we will continue doing uh, over the next uh, few months and years. However, uh, as you've said, a key part of delivering that local experience is, is the exploration angle, right? We being in the cities, in these cities and uh, having stronghold in these cities have a very good understanding of uh, what they have to offer, not just in terms of uh, the particular cities that we're in, but the location in general. And uh, of course, there are challenges. There are challenges infrastructurally. There are challenges in terms of getting to some of the most beautiful spots that we can we can think of. I mean, just just look at Baltistan. It has uh, some of the highest mountain peaks in the world uh, in 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 one region, right? I'm talking about within the space of uh, six to eight hours. You can see what around six to eight of the highest mountain peaks in the world. That's that's unbelievable. So of course there's areas with extreme high potential, uh, and there's areas that we've earmarked in terms of uh, from an exploration angle to to continue to curate that local chain uh, and that local journey. However, we have to be very careful in terms of uh, taking decisions uh, as per where we need to grow and where we need to have our facilities, right? Because uh, at the base of it all is delivery of those standards, delivery of those uh, promises that that we have to give to our customers uh, in order to provide them with accommodation that is truly uh, as per international benchmarks, right? Uh, so yeah, it's it's interesting. At the same time, it's uh, it, it'll it'll take its time. Uh, what our goal is to keep on going and keep on pushing those barriers slowly and slowly and slowly uh, to encapsulate to encapsulate as many of these areas as we can. Uh, the third thing, from a growth point of view, of course, is to you know provide today. If you go into the Rahimiyar Khans and the Bhavalpurs and uh, the suckers uh, of our country. Uh, I think those are the areas with the biggest challenge in terms of competition. Of course, a lot of people overlook these areas because in terms of demand, uh, they're not the most fruitful either. Uh, but those are areas that we want to enter uh, as well. And those are areas that we really want to uh, make a part of our network to, again, keep on continuing down that chain. And then finally, of course, we're looking at uh, global expansion uh, pretty interestingly as well. That was our goal for the fourth quarter of this year. And we've already started looking down some markets, especially the GCC uh to see what uh to see how we can essentially enter them yeah the bhawalpur point is interesting and just came to my mind if i think about its yeah. its heritage and its history um yeah. and its cultural yeah. orientation yeah. uh for for yeah. a long long period of time it could be pakistan's rajasthan right like i have a lot of yeah. indian friends who always remind me next time you come to india you got to go to rajasthan and explore i've been to jaipur but i haven't explored it per se and I think of Bhavalpur as sort of being that equivalent in, in, in Pakistan, if the infrastructure is built and the story is told about its heritage, right? I don't know how you think about it. Listen, uh, I just, I've been around, thankfully, I've been around most areas in Pakistan over the last few years, especially through uh, this journey with local. And uh, the one thing I could tell you is you start from Karachi, uh, in fact, go further down south and you start from Gawadar and then you move up north all the way to Skardu, uh, there are a million different stories that you will hear. There's there's multiple different cultures. Every region has something important to its own, right? Every region has its own culture. Every region has its own uh, food. Every region has its own uh, history, uh, its own traditions. And, uh, and all of them are, you know, equally interesting. All of them are equally uh exciting as experiences uh so the, the the goal of course is to make these experiences more and more uh available accessible uh to to everyone who who wants to who wants to travel locally right and you to, to bring them out because i mean 
we saw the same thing with Honza and Skartu. No one knew about these. But the minute people started realizing them, they started, uh, you know, uh, jumping on to opportunities to go and visit these uh, these cities. And I believe we'll see the same thing uh, in any other region that we uh, open up uh, to the general public in terms of exploration, where we are able to provide them with the right infrastructure to truly come in and experience these uh, these beautiful, again, stories that, uh, you know, people have, these regions have. I think uh, for me, especially uh, being someone who who's moved back, it was a very interesting uh, journey uh, over these past few years because you you meet so many different kinds of people, you meet so many different uh, kinds of uh, even uh, you know mom and pop stores, entrepreneurs, you can call them uh, whatever we essentially like. But there's people who are really at this point trying uh, their level best to bring their own culture, their own identity to life. And at the base of it all is to, to be able to do something for the country, right? To be able to do something for Pakistan. So I think the more life these people get, the more uh, chances these people get uh, to truly uh, shine on, on a national or a global stage, the more uh, attracted people are going to get from a demand side, the one side to go and really check them out. Last question on, the, A, you know, this is amazing in terms of what you and your team are doing, because I think, you know, we often talk about in, in macro conversations, right, about the potential of tourism and the soft power of tourism and how it can transform local economies. But you're making, yeah. you're building, the, your team is building the infrastructure to make that possible. So it's super, super exciting for me to hear your success and, and what you. drives you. But, you know, there's, this is a time of, you know, great, pessimism in Pakistan, you go on social media, you open that you listen to even this podcast over the last, you know, it's been <laughs> eight months, nine months of this year alone. Uh, it's been pretty down and I've been pretty down. But when I talk to <laughs> entrepreneurs like you, it's sort of, you know, it's inspirational. It inserts a bit of optimism. Uh, you've put a lot of miles on the road going across Pakistan. So tell yeah. the audience a bit about what that has been like in these times where there is so much negativity around what's happening in the country and rightfully so for a lot of reasons. But you are an entrepreneur and to do what you do, you have to be an eternal optimist. Otherwise, you wouldn't be in this business. So, you know, I would love for you to spend maybe five, six minutes about that whole experience going around the country and what keeps you going as as in in, in a sector that is so prone to economic ups and downs and we're in the downs of the downs so what are you seeing on the ground what what inspires you when you meet with people in these communities that says you know what we're going to wake up go into new markets and continue expanding because this is worth doing despite all yeah. the the horror of the yeah. economy stories that we hear you know at uh, the base of everything that we say about Pakistan and this is a fact that everyone accepts and you know is is, is common knowledge is that we're hustlers uh, no matter what we're doing no matter what's the condition no matter uh, what our situation we will always be driven uh, to to overcome whatever the challenges are and we've done it so many times in the past uh, that's essentially and that's essentially what I saw uh, I think it's been very unique, uh, the traveling experience. I was just telling you before uh, we started this conversation that my uh, uh, traveling in Pakistan has been extremely, well, used to be extremely limited before I started local. Uh, so I got the opportunity to truly, uh, you know, make uh, it a mission uh, for myself to see Pakistan through the eyes of uh, these local communities, these local entrepreneurs, uh, people in general uh, around the country 
living in different conditions living in you know and at times not the best conditions either uh, there are areas where uh, you can't even think about uh, accommodation or hospitality infrastructure because you know these areas where basic infrastructure like electricity water uh, power is a challenge uh but no matter where we've gone we've seen people uh trying to do something you know and again at the base of it all is trying to do something for their country i think uh at a very human level everyone has an understanding that uh, if anything got to change uh, in a country like ours it has to be done ourselves it has to be done uh purely through our own drive purely through our own uh mission to really change or revolutionize anything and everything that we're doing right and that's that's and that's what you see at every level you find entrepreneurs building interesting things you find very very interesting products you find uh, artists you find uh, uh, anything <laughs> uh you know uh, it's limitless the reason i can't say uh, I, i'm at a loss of words because i can't even describe some of some of the some of the things that i've seen on ground because you think about the smallest things from things like dry fruits to to handicraft to you know a bigger businesses people are trying their best to do something people are trying their best to make something happen at every scale uh which is again something that was very interesting to see and i think it's it's uh, it's what gives us light it's what gives us uh, in these in these times uh it what it's what makes us think that you know uh, there's definitely something uh that 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 needs to change and will change in in a in a country like pakistan and it will happen purely through the might of these people who are going into this grind on a daily basis and you know trying to make a change yeah what i often remind policy makers is that you know if if uh, if an entrepreneur is scaling over the in in the sort of last 3 years 4 years since 2018 let's say in the last 5 years yeah. has been able yeah. to scale and survive in a business imagine what they would be able to do if you just gave them a little bit more stability exactly. right exactly. and, and exactly. it would unleash so much growth that you know and that's what keeps you going i think that's what keeps me going with this podcast and with these conversations <laughs> is that just this much more stability just a little bit not too much that's just a need. little bit that's all you need um exactly. that's all we need um so i think i think your your you and your team are doing amazing work it's super Thank exciting um i think tourism is just such a sector that's not only great for local communities right but it's it's great to bind people to each other people realize yeah. that we're all human whether you're coming from yeah. abroad whether you're going from karachi yeah. to skardu or whatever um it's yeah. it's one of those things so uh, amazing amazing work uh, wish you all the best and before i let you go you. what are two or three <laughs> books you would recommend to the audience so you know i thought a fair deal about this <laughs> but i think uh, one book that i love and it's uh, one of my favorites is the last days of night by uh, gramot I don't know if you've read it, but it's a historical fiction on the lives of uh, Thomas Edison, George Westinghouse, and the rise of Nikola Tesla uh, in that period. And I think it's uh, it being a historical fiction makes it the most entertaining way anyone could could tell that story. Uh, so that's number one. The second one, and this is a book that I like to have by my side uh, at uh, most times, is World Travels, uh, and a very reverent guide by Anthony Bourdain. again uh, if you're interested in traveling and if you're interested in experiences who better to tell it than you know the ultimate traveler himself so these yeah. are two books that i would recommend to anyone <laughs> well bourdain's the ultimate modern storyteller right i think um, yeah. i was talking to somebody just a couple of days ago about how he re- changed people's understanding of what it meant to go to different places and experience yep. not just you know staying in a hotel i'm i'm one of those people I'm one okay. of those people. <laughs> so I I I'm with you on that one and I think again in 
in in so many ways it was one of the few um you know celebrity deaths that really hit me at heart in the sense yeah. that you and i yeah. and many of us who know of him would look at his shows when he was doing them and say i want that life and and for him to do what he did to take his own life away on the road while he was doing something we all would yeah. think would be so amazing right there's a there was a darker yeah. side to him that many people including his viewers exactly. most of them did not understand but what a storyteller yeah. um i i, I mean I, i'll just tell i i would love your thoughts on what your favorite episode of his was but for me one of the most favorite uh, episodes he did was when he went to chernobyl um in ukraine and had that little you know uh, reader for radiation and i was like what the hell are you doing <laughs> like really you're going to have an experience in chernobyl while there's a radiation and he showed these weird plants growing and all of that because of the radiation but that's one that sticks in my mind i don't know before we let you go if you want to share one of your favorite stories listen i i can't give you a single favorite cuz i i'm in love with most of them uh, i think the chernobyl one definitely uh, is is a highlight uh but you know it's it's about the the reason it really resonates with me is because he's able to live through those experiences a lot of times uh when you're traveling if, and you know you could be the biggest traveler in the world uh, but a lot of times when you when you're traveling you really have this checklist you have to do this have to do this have to do this have to do this and in those moments and you know getting from one place to another you aren't living what what that place is all about right you aren't really experiencing what that place is all about and i think that's a big shift uh in what anthony bourdain uh talks about uh and that's what really changed uh, how i look at different places for me i mean uh, i always was the sort of person i was always too lazy to have checklists i was always too uh, my trips were always last minute uh so i never was able to you know go on that bucket list to it but uh, what what you know his experiences really teach us is that it's not about visiting a fort or you know seeing historical sites or going to places typing out places to see on google and going and seeing all those places it's about living and breathing every second of every place you're in right uh, which is kind of what uh, i don't want to make this turn this into a local plugin <laughs> but it's kind of what we're trying to do uh here as well it's what i did when i was traveling all these cities uh, it's about it's about meeting new people it's about having those conversations it's about ha- understanding those landscapes and you know uh, which also which is also what is it so inherent about hospitality uh, as well and you know is is what can take a hospitality or an accommodation experience over over the line or you know uh, really make it stand out it's that attention to detail it's those linens it's so it's you know what you you're using in the in in your toiletries it's it's what sort of overall ecosystem you're providing your customers with uh which builds into and really makes it be a part of the ecosystem that it's in of the culture that it that it's in uh so yeah it's uh, a lot of it has been inspiration in what we've created and a lot of it has been inspiration for me as i continue to travel the world uh so yeah well thank thanks I, i i couldn't agree more so thanks for your time thanks for the wonderful work you're doing and and again keep it up uh, wish you the best as you scale within and outside pakistan and i think as you enter the gcc for us we'll have you back on to talk about that experience and what that market is like uh, but until then uh, take care and 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 for the office thank you so much thank you so much azhar once again thank you for having me it was very interesting to talk to someone who's uh, as passionate about travel as i am and you know know that the importance as well as i do thank so you. thank you so much for that and uh, hopefully yeah see you soon on this podcast again take care <laughs> bye bye